You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal I saw from them was the Science Fair, which is a parallel classic drive and distortion. And now they've released a new parallel concept called the Class Reunion. The Class Reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their Trash Panda, which is like a soft clipping, high gain, amp in a box style circuit. And it is a super, super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options, parallel blending. It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com. That's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. This episode of the Tone Mob podcast is brought to you by Rattlesnake Cables. In my various cruisings of the internet, I had seen Rattlesnake Cables pictured alongside some pretty insane gear setups, like some some wicked rigs. So when Hank from Rattlesnake hit me up about trying some cables, I was pretty excited, to say the least. But you know how that is. Sometimes things don't quite live up to the hype. This case... Not one of those. These things are, they're very well made. I've encountered a lot of cables in my time as a gearhead and guitar player. And these are, these are some of the best. They are definitely crafted with attention to detail. And just the way they look and they feel, it's, it's just kind of fun to, to open them up and plug your guitar. And it's like, all right, here it comes. It's time to rock. It's quite nice. I would highly recommend hitting up the show notes, heading over to rattlesnakecables.com, and grabbing yourself a cable or two. You will be very, very glad that you did. Right now. The, the future is amazing. <laughs> with with Polly Shore oh, and no. everything. Uh, maybe it's not, not as amazing as I remember. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm Blake Wyland, and with me today I have Scott Marcourt of Stringjoy Custom Strings. How are you doing today? Hey, Blake. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing all right. Just uh, it's a cold Monday in Nashville, so trying to stay warm. It's pretty pretty chilly here today. We actually had snow the last few days. Oh my! Well, po- Portland snow sounds weird. like a, a dream or something from a Christmas card. Uh, down here, it's just like gray and bleak. It's it's not. Portland snow is is a hard and icy and slushy. <laughs> it's not like uh, it's not fluffy and nice like you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's like this gross ice solution. That then, if it's gonna snow, that means it's going to freeze. So then it just becomes everything becomes a skating rink. So, <laughs> well, I guess all the people from up there are so nice that it makes sense that the the snow would be the hard and icy thing out of all of it. Uh, yeah, and and it's just like, and then nobody knows how to deal with it. Like they're like, <laughs> oh, I can't go anywhere. It's it's pretty pathetic, really. Same. It's, it's kind of sad. Same here. 
I'm I'm no expert, but I've drove to the mountain enough, and it's like just slow down. You guys will be fine. Just, you'll be okay. <laughs> just go. Oh, I'm with you. It's all confidence, like in all things. Well, that's true. Like it's like in recording a podcast. If you don't, you know. Oh wait, never mind. We won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, other than the snow and the ice and all that good stuff and the cold. How, how are things going for you today? Man, everything is uh, amazing. Everything's great with the company. We are, we are crazy busy right now. Um, we had a like absolute gangbusters uh, holiday season from Thanksgiving straight through to Christmas. And then, uh, you know, I kind of thought maybe it'd die down a bit after Christmas, but it just keeps, just keeps going, man. I guess everybody got a lot of guitars for, uh, for Christmas and needs, uh, needs some custom string sets to get them all set up. So uh, we'll take it. But yeah, that's not a bad deal. That's uh-huh. not a bad deal at all. That's cool. Did, were you doing like special Black Friday things that pushed that along? Or yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we that definitely was the start, and we had a couple sales. A, a funny story. I so I've got a couple guys, you know, that are here that work specifically on putting together each set. You know, as as we say, like when you order your set, you uh, we make it after that. It's kind of made to order, so they're not just sitting around gathering dust or anything, but. Uh, those guys were all on vacation over Thanksgiving. I don't like to make people work, uh, you know, over the holidays. So I, I went ahead and set my butt down in the chair, and you know, I sent out an email saying, you know, we're open. I'm just taking orders all on my own. Uh, you know, I think I know how to do this, and uh, you know, it went absolutely berserk, and it was only me to handle it. So I spent just, you know, like 22 hours a day uh, packing up strings. You know, oh like crazy. wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that was the kickoff to it, and it's just been it's just kept going since then. I I did eventually get some more help. The guys came back eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of strings. Yes, twenty two yes, yes. hours a day packing strings. Oh, I it mean, was crazy. One and guy. We but... we, uh, we always send out a note with each of our orders, um, and I, I let whoever you know whoever packs everything up sign it and say you know uh, rock on you know from Alex or John or whatever. Uh, and mm-hmm. and all those that went out are from Scott. So I, I don't imagine there are many companies out there that. You get a a handwritten note that comes from the owner of the company when you, when you're ordering something on Black Friday. Oh look, Ernie Ball sent me a note. Oh wait. yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, he's dead. Oh no, this has got creepy. This real fast. is weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, man, if he's if Ernie Ball's available uh, to write notes, I wonder if I can like get him on the show somehow. Dude, I, I wish really... you the best. Who knows? You might, might have to host a seance. I, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I don't want to comment too too far on that. <laughs> we we won't we won't go into that. I could get I could turn this into a totally different podcast. Oh yeah, but we we did uh we just launched a, a line of half gauge strings, which has been you know uh, going going nuts as well. Um, so to to I guess to to recap a little bit for anybody who doesn't know out there. Uh, we're a custom yeah, guitar yeah. Why don't we, company. Uh, yeah, let's give them like the breakdown of what it is that you do yeah, before we totally. get off on too many tangents. Totally, totally. I sense uh, knowing you that that's a, that's a high possibility, the tangents. So uh, we should open up with some some good pithy uh, discussion. Uh, but yeah, we're the world's you know only and first custom guitar string company. Uh, our big focus is letting players create their own sets, and we very often will create sets for people. So. Uh, for those of you out there that are thinking, you know, well, I, I play the same strings that I get off the rack, uh, all the time and I never had a problem. Uh, what do these guys do? Uh, the answer is a lot, you know, depending on what it is that you need. But, uh, in most cases we'll just try to balance out the set a little bit. So, 
Uh, a good example would be if you look at your typical light gauge string set, it goes from 10, 13, 17, 26, 36, 46, right? That's what most people are probably playing out there. Well, the truth is you might have noticed that your B string has a lot less volume on it. If you ever play just a high chord in the top, you'll notice that. A lot of people complain about that. Well, the reason is a 13 isn't actually heavy enough. We just round up to that number. Um, but a 14 is a little bit too heavy. So we would now use a 13.5 to fill in that gap and balance it out really nicely. On the bottom end, the same thing. The, the 46 that you're using for your E string, it's pretty darn floppy if you ever play a low E riff. Uh, and that's because it doesn't have as much tension as you'll see on the other two wound strings in a set. So we use a 48 instead of a 46. And we end up with a set that's really balanced throughout. You know, you don't have any of these big gaps in volume or intention, so it's very easy to play. I mean, and that's just one example. We do a lot of work with guys that play in alternate tunings or guys that just want uh, a heavier set. Another great example would be, uh, let's say you might like the skinny top, heavy bottom sort of sets, but you also like your light sets. You want something in between. Uh, we can do that. We have what we call a husky set that's right in between those two. Uh, truthfully, the possibilities are endless depending on who you are, um, but whatever it is that you can dream of, that's our job to, to get it done, you know. So we, we've kind of tried to take the, the custom approach that's so awesome to see in guitars and pedals and amps uh, and apply it to strings, which is something that, you know, a lot of us take for granted. I, I did certainly for the first couple of years I was playing uh, and really try to show people how much of a difference it can make on your tone and the playability of your guitar uh, when you can really mess with and customize your string set to fit your needs. So that's that's in a nutshell <laughs> what we're up to. <laughs> so the, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about when when we sit down and 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 talk about what you said about taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. It's it's really odd if you really think about what a guitar is. It's a stringed instrument. Mm -hmm. Yet one of the last things that we really talk about are the strings, which is actually what makes the sound. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of ironic that everyone's pretty much guilty of it, uh, you know, to some degree. Mm -hmm. For At some point in your guitar playing career, you were like, yeah, these strings are fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was there myself. So, I mean, I don't, I don't hate anybody for, for feeling that way. But, you know, the, the way I even got into messing with my strings is, you know, I was looking at my rig and saying, you know, I've got, shoot, like a dozen pedals. I've gone crazy to get just the right, you know, like really good so solid cables to connect them to make sure my signal's clean. I've modded my pickups, my guitar, my amp is like highly customized. And yet I'm still playing like the same, you know, like $5 strings I get from Guitar Center that I know have been sitting there for like a year on the rack. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? Uh, right. It's kind of crazy. So uh, that was kind of the beginning for me. And you're exactly right. I mean, the strings are where the sound comes from. I mean, and, and so I get people when I say this sometime and they'll say, oh, so I can play, you know, a certain set of strings and I'll sound like Jimi Hendrix. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix sounds like <laughs> Jimi Hendrix because he's Jimi Hendrix, but your gear still always matters. And I think definitely uh, the Tone Mob guys understand that probably better than anybody. Uh, when you have really solid gear everywhere across your, your signal chain, you're going to end up um, with a great outputted sound. And the great thing about strings is, they're the one modification that bridges the gap between something that changes how you play the guitar and something that changes how the guitar sounds. So if you're, you know, messing with pedals or you know, different mods on the amp side, they're definitely going to change the guitar's sound, but the guitar is still going to feel the same, right? 
Uh, and by the same token, if you're you know straightening out your neck with a truss rod or doing some guitar mods, they're not going to do much of the sound, but they change your playability. With strings, it really can do both. You know, not only does it make it even to play across the fretboard with your fingers, which can make you know all sorts of a difference on the eventual tone, but it also will you know smooth out the tone or give you a little bit more heaviness on the bottom end, whatever it is. Uh, so I mean, when you look at it, you know, our, our sets are ten, start at ten dollars for a six string set, and you go up from there for seven and eight strings and bass strings as well. But when you look at the amount of change that you can get for ten bucks, I mean, I've got so many customers that send me emails. Um, being like, you know, I just spent $400 on pedals <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm happier with, you know, this, this tiny little $10 change I made, you know? So it's definitely something we all take for granted and, you know, we're all guilty of it. Uh, but it's certainly fun being out there, being the guy to, uh, try and open people's eyes and show them, you know, that there's another option out there. Right. Right. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just strange, like like I was saying before. I'm oh, I'm looking at a bunch of strings right now that are just like you say. There, I've been playing the same, basically the same sets of strings for not not the same set. People, that, mm -hmm. I'm not that crazy, but the basically <laughs> the same the same sets of strings for you know over you know like what, twelve years now, right? Like and and it's just like I got I went you know I was playing light gauge strings and i started breaking them because i was a hardcore kid and beating my guitars and then yep. i uh it's like well i keep breaking strings better go up up a couple gauges mm -hmm. and that's where i've stood ever since and i have noticed the imbalance ever since i started getting really into tone and and gear i mm -hmm. like oh this is interesting I, this isn't quite you know right and i would try adjusting maybe pick up coil heights or whatever mm -hmm. you know the magnet heights on depending on the guitar and um it just, you know, it just makes sense that, oh, maybe these strings aren't exactly the, you know, scientifically correct for what I'm trying to do. Totally, totally. And I mean, and, and it's, again, it's different for everybody. The the really cool thing that we try to do is, uh, it, it's something that it's not a one size fits all. It's, you know, it's too involved, you know, and there, there's strings that you're really pushing around. It's going to be a little different for everybody. Uh, so, you know, we can do that. We can make things different for each individual person. Um, the other companies out there doing them, and not to hate on those guys, they I definitely played um, a lot of their strings for a lot of years, and they do some great work. But they're ultimately finding a one size fits all solution, right? Um, which will, yeah, it'll it'll work for a lot of people, but you know, not for all sorts of discerning guitarists, you know, especially people that always really want to customize things. Um, so right. it, it's it's a whole different world for sure, right? So let's let's do this. This would be interesting, I think. We kind of touched on this briefly the other day off the air, but let's let's uh, dissect <clears throat> a set of strings here that I have, mm -hmm. and and we can go through, and you can kind of suggest the direction I should try to go. Absolutely. Um, and to try to even think, basically, try to try to even things out. Mm -hmm. You know. So here we go. I normally play uh, a set of eleven to forty eights. Mm -hmm. um, so that's 11, 14, 18 P, 28, 38, 48. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that for you. I'm saying that for No, anybody. totally cool. Because <laughs> I wouldn't know unless I was looking at the package right now, which I am. Mm -hmm. uh, so where would you suggest to make tweaks to that general set to, to make improvements in balance? All right. So uh, just one question before I get going on all of it. Uh, what sort of scale length are you playing on? Are you on like a, the more like Gibson 24.75 or like the Fender? Uh, twenty five point five. Do you know offhand? Yes. 
Both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll just. Uh, but no, most of the time I'm I'm playing Gibsons most of the time. But um. Okay. Uh, I also have a I also have a Rickenbacker. Um, that's strung up a little bit heavier, but uh, cool. and that's a twenty. I can't remember what scale length that is now. That's yeah, definitely longer than Gibson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I got I'll use the Gibson as an example. Um, but yeah, just to kind of throw out some numbers to people, it changes a little bit depending on the different scale lengths or tunings. But with that, uh, Seth, that you told me, the 11, 14, 18, 28, 38, 48, there's a couple yep, standard of... standard tuning most yeah, of the time. There, there's a couple of big things that come up. So, like, the 11 is going to be putting out about 18 and a half pounds of pressure. The 14 is only going to be doing 16.8, so, like, almost two pounds less pressure on the B, and the G is going to be right in the middle, so 17.5. So that's really unbalanced. Wow. I mean, you've got, like, a ton of tension on the high E, not really very much at all on the B, and then kind of in the middle on the G, uh, which if you really listen, you can usually hear that um, as well. And not only that, you can also feel it on the playing. So the biggest priority is to kind of round that out a bit. The B and the G aren't that far off, so one approach would be to just take the high E down to a 10.5, uh, and that would balance everything out pretty well if you did 10.5, 14, 18. Uh, another option would be to say 11, keep that one on top, and then go with a 15 on the B string and a 19 on the G string, which would pretty nicely balance everything out there. Uh, those are just two approaches, and it's kind of different if you're doing 10s. It's a different world as well. Um, but as you can see, there's a big imbalance there. A lot of guys will talk about uh, how much of a difference they can always hear on their B string or their G string, uh, or sort of intonation and tuning problems they have on those. And there's a number of things that go into that in terms of the, the reality of playing a fretted instrument. But the, one of the big differences is the string gauges just don't really balance very well. So I would say do one of those tweaks in the top end. And as far as the bottom goes, the 28 and 38 are really even. Those are both putting out just about 20 pounds of tension, whereas the 48 is only putting out 17.8 uh, pounds of tension. And that always happens when you see like 26, 36, 46, or 28, 38, 48. The mm -hmm. lowest gauge string, that, that 48, is not nearly enough to keep up with it. So in regular tuning, you'll, you'll feel that that one's a little bit floppier. If you go down to drop D, it's a monster. Um, I've got so many guys that play in drop D and are so used to playing you know, it on a standard set of strings. And you know, these guys are playing in it all the time. And it just it doesn't work at all. You can bend that, uh, that D string halfway around the neck of the guitar. It doesn't work. So uh, for you, I, I know that you're not doing all your playing in drop D. I would recommend just taking it up just a little bit, go to a 50 there, and that's going to mm -hmm. bring that right up to 20 pounds of tension, 28, 38, 50. If you were playing in drop D all the time, I would say maybe go with the 52 on the bottom end, but for what you're doing, that kind of gets you where it's really balanced and standard, and it'll help a little bit when you're going uh, all the way down to drop D as well. So to recap, I would say for you, either go 11, 15, 19, 28, 38, 50, or 10 and a half, 14, 18, 28, 38, 50. And mm -hmm. those numbers, I mean, to all the listeners out there, those can be totally different depending on who you are and what your aims are and uh, what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. As you were talking about these uh, different tensions, I was, <laughs> um, I was feeling my Les Paul and just like just moving the strings a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can definitely tell that... Uh, that B string, seriously. That's oh yeah, a, that's way that's way different than that than that high E. That high E is way tighter. That's just 
so things you kind of subconsciously know, mm -hmm. but you don't really know. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, every guitar you've ever played on is like that, you know, so you get kind of used to it. I, I was just on a Reddit thread earlier today because I'm a geek uh, that was talking about, you know, how uh, for some people it's the G and for some people it's the B are always going out of tune on their guitars. And there were a bunch of people providing answers, some of them good, some of them bad. Um, and the truth is, like, yes, guitar really did start with wound third strings. Um, that was mm -hmm. sort of the standard practice until blues guys started using plain strings so that they could bend to high hell, um, which is, you know, obviously has a lot of advantages. But the, a lot of the people were telling people, you know, you got to go to this wound third set, but they'd say, you know, ah, I, I can't stand it. And the reason is, when you see wound third sets, in most cases, that wound third is balanced out um, with the other wound strings. Uh, whereas oh. if you balance it out with the plain strings, the same as you know I would when I just ran your tensions right there, you end up with a very playable wound third. Uh, so we do a lot of that, go like 10, 13, 18 wound, or 11, 14, or 11, 15, 20 wound. Um, and there were a ton of people commenting about the B string. And nobody really had a good example for why that was, so I, I went ahead and tried to help <laughs> educate right. people on all that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these these sort of sets have been the same for you know many decades. I mean, they used to be different when when Hendrix and Page played. They were a lot lighter sets on the bottom end. Um, but yeah, they, we've been kind of rolling with the same sort of tension profiles for a long time, and you know, nobody asks any questions about it, and everyone just keeps going with it and it's what you're used to but you know whenever you uh there, there's a great quote i like uh whenever you find yourself on the side of majority the majority it's time to pause and reflect uh you know so whenever you're looking at something and you say well we've always done it this way uh there's usually room for improvement there so we've been able to find definitely you know a, a lot of room there and that's been fun right right yeah that's all that's all very interesting i'm looking mm -hmm. at all my guitars right now and then i'm just thinking about um, my last, uh, my last little jam session I did with my band, we started playing some songs in tunings that I've never messed with before, Yep. which specifically were like drop A and drop B. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing this on, uh, uh, on, uh, you know, a, something that's set up to be playing in standard. And I'm just kind of remembering how it sounded cool, uh, because it just sounded cool, but man, those that played like garbage when I had them. Tuned yeah, floppy exactly. And not and not set up for it. And there, so, there uh, truly aren't string sets out there. I mean, you know, with, with us there are. But uh, otherwise, there aren't string sets that are really made for alternate tunings. And I mean, I think it's obvious to any player um, when you look at, you know, you're taking a few of your uh, strings on the neck of your guitar and you're tuning them up a whole step or down a whole step and leaving the other ones the same. Uh, that <laughs> obviously is not going to be good um, in terms of having an even tension, especially if you're keeping a guitar in that tuning all the time. Uh, so we can definitely help with that. I mean, we've got a bunch of guys that play in drop C, drop B, drop A. And a lot of them, what they do is they use like the, the skinny top heavy bottom set or like just a heavier set all around. But the problem is like if you're, you're taking all the wound strings and making those all much heavier, but then you're taking that bottom string and taking it down another whole step, you're still going to end up uh, where it has way less tension than the other two strings. You know, the answer isn't necessarily right. to go heavier all around. You just really need to get heavier on that bottom string and then kind of adjust a little bit to even it out. So, yeah, there everyone's found these sort of solutions, you know, kind of on their own or like has, you know, different methods for trying to deal with them and aren't necessarily 
um, the right way. So we're, we're definitely, I'm spending a lot of time out there just trying to, uh, to educate people that there are other better ways to accomplish uh, those tunings in general. So it's, it's a wild world for sure. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, you clearly like you're rattling these numbers off like like uh, no one's business. This is clearly oh, yeah. something that you've uh, spent a lot of time. You had to have spent a lot of time prior to the business, mm -hmm. you know, researching and doing that kind of stuff. So let's do what I like to do, mm -hmm. and let's take us uh, through your musical backstory. Yeah, absolutely. To to where you know you eventually started the company, and you're doing what you're doing today. Totally. I, I never get to talk about that very much, so I, I'm excited. Um, I pl started playing guitar when I was in uh, fourth grade. I'm not even sure how old I was back then. Um, I had like my my trapper keeper uh, had like just like pictures of Jimmy Page and stuff all over it. Um, I, I was one of those kids, so you know I I got into it and just fell in love uh, and kept playing. I was a Les Paul guy forever. Um, got a big half stack that my band teacher gave me um, that he found in a back room, and I just like shredded on that all through middle school. Um, I got really involved in the worship world in high school. I was uh, the uh, youth group like worship leader when I was maybe 15 or 16, which was a crazy good experience because, I mean, our church had like a DW kit in like its own cage, and I had like orange and Vox amps in the back to use, and we were going through this really, really pro speaker system with in-ear monitors and everything. So I would say that experience like totally got me into wanting to get my tone just right because everything was done in such a pro level. I mean, even though I was a kid, uh, it was like it was like touring, you know, with a big, big act where your tone really does matter. So I got into everything, you know, shaping my pedal board, modding my guitars, my amps, all that stuff. I mean, just anything I could to try to get uh, things sounding better. And I, I kind of stuck with that. I went to college. I, I'm from Indianapolis originally, and. I came down here to Nashville, Tennessee, went to Vanderbilt, and uh, started a band with my roommate there called Osteria, which is now defunct, but uh, we ran that out for a couple of years, and uh, I played guitar in that as well, and just the whole time, man, I've like, I've been through probably hundreds of different pedals, you know, just swapping things out and trading them and messing with it, so I've been a geek forever, um, and like I said, at a certain point, and I'm not sure when it was, um, a couple of years back, I just started, you know, getting curious about strings as another angle of something to nerd out over, um, and was mixing with some sets here and there. And you know, it's pretty expensive to mix sets, but I did it anyway <laughs> uh, to try to get there. And I can't say, I mean, back then, I can't say I knew anything of what I was doing in terms of like I wasn't looking up the tensions or anything. Um, I was just screwing around, really. <laughs> um, I really, my thing, like the first thing to me, I really like wound thirds. And I wanted a really light wound third, so I got a hold of an 18, uh, and I had been using that for a long time, so that I could bend it like a plain string, but it you know has the tuning properties and the stability of a wound string. So that was like mm -hmm. the, the first big thing for me. Um, but I just kind of kept going on that train for a while, and at a certain point, I, I worked in the music industry. I was an associate artist manager here in town for a while, and I, I got out of that just because you know it's not it's not so much fun trying to make money by making people buy records anymore uh, as you might have heard they don't really like to I've... do that these days <laughs> oh no no that's no. not a thing anymore no nobody told me uh, I didn't catch up on that so uh, <laughs> at a certain point you know I, I got out of that and you know was trying to figure out 
what I should do. And then I thought, you know, I've got to do something in the guitar world. Like that's what I love. Uh, and that's what I know about. Like I've got to, got to do something. Uh, and at first I was actually, I wanted to do subscription guitar strings. Um, so I made like a page for all that. And I went to some Reddit forums in different places and just asked people like, here's my idea. What do you think? Um, and overwhelmingly, like people were like, that's a neat idea, but like, I don't, you know, it's not really it for me. Um, you know, but a couple people commented about, you know, the string sets, uh, which I thought was kind of weird, uh, cause I'd been doing that too. And I decided, you know, there's an angle that I haven't gone after. So we went that way. I, at first was like, you know, there are a bunch of different winders that make guitar strings. And I, I went to everybody and got a bunch of different samples, um, to see what was going on and what could be pushed and pulled, uh, to get everything just right. And that was kind of a crazy process, but you know, long story short, uh, settled on working with a couple guys that I felt really brought something to the table on different elements to find like the strings that are string joy strings, um, which a set of ours is not a set that you can get from anywhere else. I know there are some companies that are just kind of repackaging strings. So we have our own strings uh, and they are awesome, but uh, we made those and uh, I started getting some traction online and like, man, it, at first, it was just like this tiny little thing, you know, and that's all I kind of thought it really was going to be. Uh, and then, you know, it went from me selling, you know, a couple dozen sets of strings a month to hundreds to thousands. I mean, <laughs> it's been a wild ride. Uh, and I mean, this has all been in the course of, gosh, we started just at the end of 2014. So it's been fast. Uh, and, wow. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my next question. When did you start doing that? Yeah, so I probably should have awesome. provided some dates along the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't get to tell the origin story too often uh, until I, they like call me up to give a TED Talk or something um, right. in front <laughs> right. of an audience. Then I'll practice it. But uh, I'm still kind of rusty now. But yeah, that was the end of 2014. And I mean, I think November 2014 was the first month I was selling any. And I, I think I probably sold like, you know, 30 sets of strings, something like that. Um, and then it's just, you know, it, it doubled and then doubled again and doubled again, and doubled again. Uh, and it, it keeps going that way, man. It, it blows my mind. We're, we're still just selling uh, online direct to customer here in the States. We've got a couple places internationally that carry our stuff uh, in the stores just because it's easier. But um, we haven't even, you know, pushed through a bunch of different retail outlets as of yet, though that's certainly going to come. Um, you know, and it's just all these people just keep coming to the site <laughs> and, and checking us out, uh, which is super cool. And I mean, the most fun thing is that I get, I've gotten to interface with so many cool musicians, um, and been able to help them find a set that's just right for them. Um, to anybody out there, uh, this is kind of an aside, but I'm, I'm Scott S C O T T at stringjoy.com. That's my email address. Uh, everybody has it. You can email me about whatever. I don't care. Um, I try to be really <laughs> accessible to people. Uh, and that's the fun part with me. I mean, I, I got into the music business on the artist side just because I wanted to be close to music. Um, and I'll, to be honest, so much of that, I was, you know, crunching numbers and sending out mailing lists and all this stuff. You know, I felt really far away uh, from the actual music. And now with this, I mean, I get to be involved with musicians' careers and lives. And it's such a such a cool, you know, it's a dream come true for me, certainly. Uh, just to be able to be around so much talent and be able to help everyone out. Yeah, well, now you've sent your email address, people are going to be emailing you like, hey, Scott, 
I'm at the pizza place, and I don't really know what toppings to get. Can oh, you help dude, me out with that? You can, I can 100% do that. That was um, <laughs> Zappos.com, you know, who sells shoes. Uh, when they first opened up, um, their, like, slogan was, you know, call us, we'll help with anything. So you could, mm-hmm. you could call Zappos and not even talk about shoes. Just be like, hey, like, I need a pizza delivered to here. And they would call the pizza guy and, uh, <laughs> and find a way to get the pizza delivered to you. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I, I'm that way. I, I don't want a million, you know, like, Scott, I, I have to break up with my girlfriend. What should I do? Or Scott, I'm, I'm losing my hair. What can I, you know, <laughs> what, what sort of hats do you like? I mean, I can help with that, but I, I don't have a ton of time, but you know, let, let's, let's roll. It's fine with me. Email me about whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, you know, we, it's, it's like I, it's like I, I try to do the same thing, you know, if you got any questions, you know, mm-hmm. don't feel free to email me and I'll, you know, we'll figure it out. My, my thing is, cause I, I'm, I'm not the smartest at, uh, at, at everything. So my thing is if I don't know, I can probably find somebody who does. Yep. So that's, that's my, uh, my big, uh, push. Yes. So, that is yeah, the way to be. T- if you guys want to talk to me about pizza too, you can email me. The only thing I, I will say, uh, and I'm going to actually take you up on that pizza offering. Uh, there's probably okay. there's got to be some like Portland stuff that I've never heard of before. So we'll talk about that after the show. Um, but I will say, and I know you know what I'm coming from. The only thing, just you know, out of love, please don't email me and ask me for a bunch of free stuff. I just I can't. Uh, I wish I could. Um, I know you <laughs> oh, know no. where I'm coming from. Oh I mean, no, we I'll, don't I'll, need to talk I'll, about I'll this say, again. No, 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 no. It's not a gripe. <laughs> I totally get it. The only thing I'll say is like. A lot of the other guys, the string companies, they, they will give out their strings all the time. And that's because those strings cost, you know, pennies to make, basically. Um, it's, a, it's all a mechanized process. There's no humans involved. It's, it's really cheap, so they don't care, you know. But, but for us, the one thing you should know, uh, there, are, there are humans involved at every step of the way. Um, the strings are hand-wound. When they come to us, they're hand-packaged here in Nashville, sent out to you. So it, it's a really, you know, intensive process on that side. And the strings are really good too, which uh, which so it ends up the point being, it costs quite a bit to to make the strings, and that's fine with us. But uh, just know that it's not uh, you're not getting like three cent strings for for ten dollars, you know, in order to get a big markup for everybody else. So right, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go, there you have it. But um, the Tone Mob guys are gonna... awesome, so I, I don't worry about that. You guys are like the dream uh, the dream audience to talk to. Uh, just because everyone's really, really knowledgeable and knows what they're doing, so um, that's always nice. These guys already know my opinions on on freebie seekers, <laughs> so I'm not going to get into that again. That's fine with we, me. That's fine with we me. We won't, we won't bring that up again. That I just makes makes me feel like the old curmudgeon, you know? It's like, ah, darn kids, <laughs> these dang kids. They don't want to work for nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. If anyone does it, you I, I have a blog post you can forward them to and, and Okay. And then you won't feel bad about it because it'll be me yelling and not you. Can do. I like that. I like that plan quite a bit. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's that's why that's actually honestly kind of part of the reason I wrote it. So mm-hmm. uh, people Boy. you can find that uh, at tonemob.com if you have to ask. That is what it is. Tonemob.com slash if you have to ask. That's where you can find that uh, my opinions on freebie seekers. So <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you want to talk about an old man yelling? That's what that is, pretty much. Oh yeah, I understand. It's okay, it, you know, such is the industry. Um, but it's all right. It's uh, it, it it pays off on the other side because 
guitar world is such a cool um, world to be in all around. It's yeah, it's true. I gotta. My wife tells me that I'm a, I'm an old man in a young man's body sometimes, and I I kind of <laughs> sometimes I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I gotta rein in my grouchiness. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I understand. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I agree that um, I've also said that a million times. This industry is uh, fantastic, and the deeper I dive into it, the more I'm enjoying it because of all the cool people. So, oh yeah, totally. I mean, like I. My my girlfriend of many years, her her father is a great dude, but he uh, he works for a soap company. Well, they make a bunch of stuff, uh, different chemicals, but it's a lot of soap. So like he gets all this, you know, all this soap stuff, uh, and I'm sure it's like really fun to try out a bunch of different soaps and be like, I really like that soap. Um, but it's so much cooler being on the guitar side, and it's not that I get free <laughs> stuff all the time. I, I don't really ever. But, uh, you know, I get to try out stuff from my competitors to check it out, and it's awesome. It's really cool. Like I love... Uh, I just got uh, Cusack Music's uh, Tap a Whirl, uh, or not the Tap a Whirl. I'm sorry, the Tap a Delay, um, which is mm. just this crazy, like heavily modulated um, delay pedal that I grabbed, and it's just been like, you know, changing my world. It's amazing. <laughs> but oh man, the Q- the Cusack stuff's pretty amazing. Oh uh, yeah, I- I've been trying to get a hold of those guys forever. If you're out there, uh, shoot me an email. Um, but they haven't, they haven't said anything back, but I don't care cause they do great work. So it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, um, I know just from, from, from knowing, uh, uh, and hearing a few stories here and there, they are like ridiculously swamped right now. So, oh, I can only I, imagine. And I mean, the, the funniest thing about the guitar little universe is, uh, it, it's, it's all these little shops that really are just kind of they're like, I mean, it's the same with us. Um, there's a number of people that work there, but it usually comes down to like one guy's personality, um, is that way, uh, and kind of defines the whole company. Uh, so every, every different company has these like eccentricities, uh, you know, about them, uh, which I think is actually really fun and cool. Um, there's a lot of personality to the companies on the, on the smaller side, you know, with all the pedal makers and the guitar makers and, and us as well, uh, which is definitely fun, I think. It is, and it's well. It's one of those things that the uh, not and it, not exclusive to the guitar industry at all. This right. is kind of getting a little bit into marketing nerd speak, but mm-hmm. people don't really want to buy from faceless whatevers anymore, for the most part. Right. I mean, like they don't want to. They they will, but people mm-hmm. want to buy from other people. So you know, letting those little uh, little quirks through, and and every everybody in this industry has something. I've I've got. Too many, but um, <laughs> it, it's a, it's what that's what people like. I mean, that's oh, what yeah. I like. I like to know that. I like to know that when I buy this pedal, that that's going in that guy's pocket. Yeah, like, totally. Uh, you know, or what, or whatever piece of equipment it it may be. And it's funny not to you know not to hate on the big guys. Well, maybe that is. That's fine. Um, but uh, it's funny when you see like the CEOs of. You know, some of the bigger companies in, in the industry, who I won't name names or anything, uh, really like doing their best to like make it seem like it's like a small little shop and they're, they're you know, hand making this for you. And it's like, that's being made in Indonesia <laughs> and being <laughs> right. shipped over here. And you haven't touched a guitar in ages. Um, so not to sp- speak of anyone specifically, there are a lot of awesome guys that run those companies. But, uh, you know, it, it's funny to see um, those big companies that for so many decades... Uh, all they had to do was pour millions of dollars into marketing budgets to sell their their stuff and then make it for cheaper and cheaper, um, having to kind of 
try to keep pace with all of us little guys out there who are uh, just trying to do, you know, an authentic job at, at selling, you know, cool stuff that'll help people. Right. Right. Well, it's the whole industry's changed and everybody knows that it's, yep. that's not news to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it almost, it almost makes you like, I wouldn't want to be the head of a marketing department at a large corporation right now. Oh no, no, like, no, no, no. like it would be like, Oh boy, like we can't move fast enough. You yeah. know what I mean? To, to keep pace with, uh, the, uh, yeah, because whenever internet, you come up basically. with something, you have to be like, oh, we have to get it approved by this guy and this guy and this guy, you know. And, and in most cases, I mean, you you kind of just can't do what we do, you know, where like every time somebody will email me, I'll, I can come up with, um, you know, a different set for them that, that, that works for them for different reasons. Uh, and you, you can't do that when you're a big company because you have to have like sort of a customer service script, you know where you call in and they say this. And so you respond with, well, Mr. Jones, in that case, I think blank, blank, blank. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's just not the same as being able to, you know, get the, get the owner of the, the shop on, on email and, and let him tell you what to do. Uh, you know, so that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I think, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which kind of brought me back to a thought I had earlier and I forgot mm-hmm. it. Um, when you were talking about, um, you're not, you're, all your stuff is direct sale right now. Right. And, um, which is awesome. Um, but getting into retailers, doing what, what you guys do, that seems like it would be difficult. Um, not, not in the, you know, because of the quality of the product or anything like that, but more like because of the custom nature of what you do. Yep. How, if you were to try to go into a retailer, like what would a set look like? Would it be... I mean, if say you were going to compete with the uh, eleven to forty eights, like yeah, you, you totally. would just uh, tweak a set, kind of like what you told me about, or how how would you go about doing that if you were going to be in a retail store? Well, you know that's a, that's an excellent question and one that I wish I had like a a guaranteed solid answer for, but uh, that's actually what I'm looking to kind of test out here in the next couple months because there's kind of two schools of thought. Like either I could just make the same sets that everyone does with our strings uh, and try to go to retail and be like, you know, hey, here's a new um, name brand of strings that are you know handcrafted and hand put together, um, and try to just get people on that angle, uh, and that could work fine. I mean, I'm sure there are certain people that that's all they want is the same ten to forty six set. Um, and the other option, which I find a little bit more exciting, uh, is to just kind of go into the stores bringing in totally different stuff. You know, um, bringing in like truly balanced sets of strings. So like a 10, 13 and a half, 17, 26, 36, 48, um, or the 11 set that I made up for you, uh, and try to bring in something totally different or, you know, really push like our nine and a halfs or a 10 and a halfs, uh, as another option for people that want to go like a little bit heavier or a little bit lighter and haven't had the chance to. Um, so I think we're going to try and, I mean, when, when the debate for me is, do I want to be like a normal company or do I want to be the weird company? Um, the answer is usually like, I want to be the weird company. Right. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) uh, So, you know, I, I think we're going to try and go that angle. I mean, I've always loved, um, I think one of the first pedal companies that I got into, you know, forever ago was, uh, was Zvex. Um, who, you know, they've been making crazy stuff for ages, you know? Uh, and now they've got a lot of peers in that world, but it seemed like when I first found out about them, there weren't too many people doing what they were doing. Um, and I've always loved that, you know, they early on just did not give a damn, you know, they're like, we're going to make a $300 ring mod pedal, 
that has, you know, a number of different ring mods that you can cycle through, uh, you know, or they'll make like the, the super hard on is like an overdrive that can just destroy your amp if you don't use it right, <laughs> um, which is ridiculous. Like that's, you know, that would, that's the worst idea to ever go to market with, you know, on a, in a plain business sense. Um, you know, right. even a, a lawyer would read that and be like, oh my God, no. Uh, but but they did, you know, they, they made that work and it's so much cooler and more fun as a result. Uh, so I think we'll definitely, as much as we can, try and be that company. Um, the only thing that's, you know, it's all on me, of course, is to try and be the, you know, try and sell a bunch of shop owners on why they should carry, you know, a bunch of sets of strings that they've never seen before. Um, you know, that are a totally different number. Now it's helped that we've got like, we've had customers asking shop owners. I've had, you know, shop owners email me and be like, Hey, I've got guys that <laughs> keep beating down my door to get these strings. Um, you know, how can I get them? So there's, there's some, it's some helpful things there in terms of demand, but, uh, I've got to figure that all out too. You know, whenever you're kind of the first to try and, you know, make something different in that way, it definitely has uh, its downfalls in terms of just convincing people. Um, a friend of mine, his name's Linus. He runs Yazoo Brewing Company here in Nashville, which is um, a big, big time spot down here. Uh, and he was the guy who had to go around to all the bars and convince all the bars that have ah. core tap handles that they should take off Coors Light and put on, you know, an IPA. Uh, and that was not easy. <laughs> and, no. uh, you know, and everybody since him has you know been able to just walk up and say hey i've got a new local ipa you know and they'll say oh great well that'll sell um so they'll yeah. put it right on <laughs> but you know at, at the beginning you know the, nobody wanted to do that right so that was a challenge for him and you know it, it'll be the same for me i suppose uh and you know like the truth is if if we're really successful and manage to um really uh show how important custom strings can be and convert a bunch of people i'm sure the next thing you'll see is the big string companies saying oh we're we're a custom string company too uh yeah right you know which, <laughs> well, of which course. They've, they've already done and that's fine i mean even um one of the big companies i don't like to name names just out of habit but um i went to their their site months ago actually and like the whole splash page was like find your custom set of str you know blank strings uh, and i was like oh god no no this is horrible uh, and I, <laughs> I clicked through, uh, and you know it was exactly as I should have expected. It was just they had an option that you could go to Amazon and buy each of their strings separately from Amazon for like a huge markup, you know, and it would be like eighteen dollars uh. for a, for six strings, um, you know, and those strings are all individually packaged and come from totally different grosses and you know, have been sitting on shelves forever. So I was like, yes, thank goodness. <laughs> you know, and, and the truth is, man, I mean, on all that, like, I think a lot of those companies, and I can't speak for them entirely, but, you know, they're making plenty of money just having strings that come, you know, from their factories and go out for sale. Um, and no fault to them. I mean, they're making good stuff. Um, but they don't want to have to hire a bunch of people, I don't think, to put in, you know, it's a very labor-intensive process on our side. Um, getting these strings designed for people and getting them um, set up and sent out. So, uh, you know, as a company, if you're willing to put in the, go with the extra mile for the customer, uh, it, it helps certainly. Cause a lot of places, you know, don't want to have to put in that much effort. Right. Yeah, you know. for sure. Let's see. I, 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 
Hmm. I'm, I'm going through my list here. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I got the list, and sometimes I don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I understand. Uh, sometimes we end up talking about nachos or something. But um, what I'm thinking about now is you mentioned you had uh, probably hundreds of pedals over the years, oh, which yes. I can re- I can relate to. Um, so I should ask, what does your current rig look like these days if you do get the chance to go out and play? Like, I know running a business is a little bit difficult to balance both of those things, but um, oh, totally. what's your rig look like? Well, I can tell you, like, I haven't been able to go out and play with my rig in a little while. I, I've sat in for a, a couple friends' um, shows just on a, an encore or something and used their rigs. So, you know, it's been a while since I've had to haul it out. It's kind of a mess of cables right now. Uh, but right now, I've got, like, I've had the same Fender tuner forever. I need to get a better one, but I haven't. Um, I go to the TC Electronic Hall of Fame reverb. Um, mm-hmm. That's at the front of my chain because I do a lot of, I love, like, shoegazy stuff, just huge atmospheric stuff. After that, I go to a Zvex Fuzz Factory, which is yeah. <laughs> if you've ever played one, that is the recipe for you know destruction and disaster in the best way. <laughs> oh <laughs> totally. yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at one right now. Oh right on. Yeah uh, yeah, I got one of like the really early, like the first like Vexter series, the like brushed metal ones. Uh, I have one of those when they first came out with them because I was poor and I was like, oh my gosh, I can afford one finally that isn't hand painted. Um, right. So from that, I go into the Pigtronics Philosopher's Tone, which is, uh, I'm really mm-hmm. big into compression. I did a lot of studio recording work when I was in college and kind of before and after a little bit too. Uh, so like, you know, when you're, when you're recording, it's all compression and EQ and, a little, and some reverb too. Uh, and on guitar, you don't usually use, a lot of players don't use compression and it can make a world of difference. So that thing's awesome. I can play a chord and it will sing out for like 18 seconds. Um, and then I've got the usual um full tone overdrive like you can't you can't go wrong um with anything that those guys are doing at all right you got the the ocd yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah and i course. used to have um oh the full drive i have a full drive sitting around here somewhere too um right now it's the ocd up there but i i like both i don't know um after that i go to what's the official name the roto vibe from jim dunlop um, oh okay the like red pedals. I always think that like horrible Mark Wahlberg movie Rockstar. Um, like <laughs> I remember watching Zach Wilds like playing guitar in his band, if I remember right, and like he was always stomping at on that thing for solos. And I'm not really sure why. It never sounded like there was like a roto vibe on the solo, but it looked really cool, you know, for the movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then from there, I go to that Cusack Tapa delay I was talking about, which you know mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, and then after that, I've got a Holy Grail as well. Um, yeah, I've got another reverb too. I, I, I like reverb a lot. <laughs> uh, I like to, and so after that is the DL4. Uh, and I should say, like, I, I really like to have, it's kind of always been my thing, but then Tim and Paula has been doing it too. I know he didn't get it from me, but I thought it was my thing first. But to use the reverb and then either modulate or delay the reverb signal. Um, which gives you, it's, it's not what you're supposed to do, but it gives you a no, really it's cool not. Uh, <laughs> sort of uh, atmosphere. Uh, and I've got it all powered by the Walrus Audio. I've never known how to say it. It's like the Atos or Etos um, power supply, which is pretty sweet. Oh, right, right. And then yeah. next, next to that, I've got a, like a, a, just a pile of other pedals, <laughs> which are mostly <laughs> like fuzz, like wah pedals, fuzz pedals, you know, all that stuff. 
mm-hmm. that I don't mm-hmm. always have on. But uh, I, it, no offense to anybody, but like with the roto vibe and a wah pedal, uh, going out to a gig, I always felt like kind of a tool. <laughs> Just <laughs> having like all these these you know stomp pedals that I was uh, messing around with. So I usually can only get away with one of those at a time. <laughs> I know I shouldn't care, but I do. Uh, and some part of me, I always like am worried. Some guys, you know, w- when I did play, it was a lot of like shoegazy stuff and you know a lot of pretentious stuff. Uh, definitely from the fans too. So I just never wanted to like play and get all these weird eyes from people. You know, if my board was all just like a bunch of metal zones and wah pedals and stuff, like they kind of look at you like that. <laughs> you know, I, I should mention this is a little off topic, but um, there was this meme that went around on Christmas. I think I saw when Wampler shared it, but I'm sure they didn't create it. Maybe they did, but it was a picture of a guy unboxing like the the hand wired tube screamer box. Um, oh yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he gets to the inside and it's like a metal zone pedal <laughs> right sitting in there his, his face is just dejected yeah like, uh, come yeah, on that was, was like my favorite thing that i saw all christmas season <laughs> <laughs> yeah i loved that i i i don't know that they made it they have a facebook group um I think that somebody in there may have created that. I'm not sure, but either way, yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah. Like, oh, sweet, sweet. I got this nice TS-80. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know. I, I have to admit, man, I, I've never tried with the hand-wired ones, but um, I, I had an 808 for a long time. Um, well, the TS-808, I actually also had an 808 drum machine for a spell, too. But uh, oh. <laughs> those are very different things. But uh, I had it and I loved it. And this is when I was really young, like maybe 15. Uh, and then I didn't for forever. And I got into the full tone stuff. Like the full drive was the first pedal to make me be like, oh, God, that's what a guitar can sound like. Uh, and I went back to like I found a TS9 a couple of years ago and I got it on a trade in Craigslist. And it just sounded like a blanket. Like if I just plugged my guitar into a big like quilt, you know, and then plugged that <laughs> into the amp, I just did. I didn't like it at all. I have to admit. I mean, they're, they're, no offense to anybody, they can obviously be used really well, but for me, it didn't. I didn't dig it again anymore. Well, you need two of them, like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, that's the trick. Hey, I, <laughs> I want to ask you because uh, I haven't gotten a chance to geek out about pedals in a while because everyone always okay. comes to talk to me about strings. Um, right. But I don't know if you're at all. Maybe you're the type, okay, there are two types of people I know, and I know a bunch of musicians here in Nashville. There are those guitarists that every piece of gear they buy, they keep, even if they don't use it. They just have like a shell, they have every old amp, guitar, and pedal that they've ever had. Um, my my dear friend, Mason Hickman, he plays with the Dia Victoria, who just got signed to Atlantic and is about to be this huge thing. Um, he's one of those guys. He's got everything. I have never had enough money to do that, so I have like, have traded stuff, you know, religiously, just like done even trades all over. So I've got a bunch of gear that I have had and I no longer have, and I just like pine for it all the time. You know, I'm like, I wish Mm -hmm. I had that again. Uh, (laughs) I have many, many stories I could share, but I'm curious, which of those two people are you? And if you are the second kind, is there, are there any like pedal that got away or, you know, guitar or amps that got away stories? So I am definitely the first type. Okay. By uh, and and everybody knows that. Uh, but yes, I I don't believe <clears throat> in selling anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you were that, but I wasn't sure if there were like 
you know, private examples that you had not shared uh, of, you know, the one thing you had to sell because you were really hard up for college money or something? Uh, um, well, sure. that's, that's the thing is when I was really hard up, I, I couldn't afford to buy anything. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't, I mean, I had a couple things I could sell, but when I was hard up for cash, I didn't really have anything worth selling. Like, like I could have sold, I could have sold, I guess my first electric guitar, my mm-hmm. Les Paul special, but then I would have been guitarless, and that was like kind of okay. not really, not really in an option. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely have been uh, in dire straits for cash uh, at, at points in my life, but at those points in my life, I didn't have anything to sell, so I didn't really. Have well, that any, certainly you know. helps, I suppose. <laughs> so I've been been fortunate that uh, ever since I be became a gearhead that I haven't. Um, had a dire situation like that, and I hope that doesn't ever happen. But yeah, I don't. I don't believe in. Uh, I don't believe in selling gear because it. Every time I, I have done it, that, that mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that I haven't. I I have talked about this before. I sold this weird old Japanese electric, mm-hmm. um, and I regret it constantly. Okay. Um, I I I sold it. To, I actually traded it, partial trade, to get a, a vintage Melody Maker, which I still have, mm-hmm. and I like that guitar too. And now um, I, I'm just like I should have just waited a few more weeks, saved up the t- extra two hundred dollars, and bought it. And now, because now I can't get that, I can't find that that guitar anywhere. No, you never can. Uh, I, I should qualify. So now that I've been listening to you talk, I realize that it's not. Ex- I misrepresented slightly. Um, so like the stuff that I've like really like loved and saved up to buy, I still have like everything in band. What would happen a lot in college is I would like hunt for stuff on Craigslist. I would find a great deal, like a super great deal on something, like something that was selling for half of what it should, and I would like find the money to buy it, uh, and then I would tell myself like I'm gonna just hang on to this and like be like I got a sweet deal. But eventually, I would just like I'd sell it after like a month, you know, because I I never really had the the money to begin with, <laughs> if that makes sense, and I like knew that I could make a profit on it. So like the best example, um, there was this Roland uh, TS909, uh, like one of the original drum machines uh they were super hard to find they never made very many of them in the first place and i saw one at a like flea market in rural tennessee for 500 bucks and i like tried to get the money myself and i didn't have any so i borrowed it from uh, my roommate the same mason guy actually i was just talking about and i told him like i tell you what like we'll have this and we can play with it but like if we sell it we can i'll just split the profit with you so we bought it for 500 bucks uh, loved it and played with it for a while, and then just like both of us couldn't, you know, we both needed money, so I sold mm-hmm, I sold it right. for fifteen hundred cash, like a couple weeks later, uh, and made a grand off the thing. Um, well, so that's hard to argue. That is hard to argue. Is tough, and I've had that happen a few times with different things. So I don't know. I just I I, I paid for college myself, and I went to a pricey school. Uh, so I found myself in that position more often than I would like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, as much as I like to say I don't like to sell gear, there is a point where if you don't eat any food, you're not going to have the uh, physical ability to play with the gear. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're all uh, dehydrated and, and and malnourished, you're not going to really be feeling like rocking out anyway. So uh, go ahead and, and you can... That in that case, I'll I'll condone the sale of gear. I okay, guess. 
I'm glad you come around. That, that makes, <laughs> makes all the difference to me. I was feeling. I'm sure it does. I was feeling shameful, man. It's it's tough, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad my approval means so much. <laughs> it does. There's this it does. guy on the internet, and he didn't approve of me selling my gear when I needed to pay bills. <laughs> he says that's lame, dude. You know, there have been some tough times, like when I like first started. So I like really truly started uh, String Joy with about 500 bucks, um, a little bit more. Like I, I coded everything. I still like all of our site, and like I'm. I'm super proud of our, our website. I think it looks better than like almost anything in the guitar industry. But um, I coded it all myself. Uh, wow. So I, I did everything, like everything very, uh, uh, what's the, the proper term? Um, like I, I used my bootstraps, right? Uh, right. But man, there were like some dark times, uh, <laughs> you know, after that. Because uh, that was like all the money that I had that just went to buy like, you know, a few of each, you know, string gauge that I needed. Um, and so it was tough. And like after that, I, I so nearly like just sold all my gear, you know, just to like get a couple grand to float me. Um, but I didn't, right. I didn't sell anything. And I've been very glad that I didn't. But man, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, when you're like in debt or like don't have, you know, any money. And I'm sure a lot of people out there have been in that boat before. And you're sitting on, you know, a few thousand dollars of gear that you've accumulated your whole life. Uh, yes. It can be tough. Though I will say the only like good thing. You know, when I was young and I was like working in restaurants all the time and spending all my money on gear and, you know, my parents were always very supportive, but I'm sure in a certain way they were like, stop, <laughs> stop spending all your money on guitar crap. Uh, uh-huh. But the beautiful, th- I've been so thankful that that's what I spent it on because it retains its value. You know, if I had like spent it on clothes or something, I would never see those things again. But, you know, I bought guitar gear and like it's still, I still have it and it still is worth like as much or like more than it was back then. So like kids out there, uh, if your parents are giving you a hard time about wasting money on gear, don't listen to them. (laughs) 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 Keep keep on buying the gear. You'll be thankful. And if you get to college and you really need a couple hundred bucks, you'll be glad that it, you have it available to you. (laughs) Because there's other gear addicts like me that go, I got to have it. Give it. Yeah. I need it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, that is, that is kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, I've talked about that with the guys before, and, uh, actually a guy, one of the guys that works at a guitar shop here in Portland, mm-hmm. um, he was just like, you know, I've worked in the, uh, he's been, you know, he's worked in guitar shops his, pretty much his whole life, and, and he was like, you know, um, other than 2008, uh, yeah, I've not really. He's like, I've really not seen gear drop in value, and you know that barely counts because everything dropped in value. It didn't matter what it was. So, uh, that's kind of an interesting point that you bring up. Yeah, gear. I mean, don't get me wrong. Your, you know, your pedal, your brand new boutique pedal you bought yesterday, tomorrow isn't going to be worth no, as much. Of course but, not, it, but but it doesn't drop that much. No, no. And I always, I buy. Like I at least would always use to buy things used if I could at all possibly. Um, and then oh, it's yeah. like the same price, you know, which now I feel worse about cause I know like, you know, the guys that are making them and I want to like, you know, help them out, um, and, and buy their products new cause they're not making anything if they're just, if I'm getting it used, but you know, that's, it's beautiful when you can, you know, especially if you get it on a deal and you're like, shoot, this pedal's already worth more than I bought it for, you know, and right. 10 years from now. And that's a wild thing. Like I, I've had pedals that I've held on to for a few years and then flipped for something else. 
And at the end of all that, and I know you have listeners that are like, I can't believe this asshole who's just selling all of his pedals. But uh, <laughs> at the end of that, I'm like, man, I got paid $50, you know, basically, because I sold it for more than I bought it for, in order to play this pedal for two years. Like, what a deal. That's the sweetest right. deal that it, it, that comes, right? Like, that's the way to do it. That is uh, that's tough to argue with. Mm-hmm. It, it it really is. I I definitely have. I'm I'm sitting here looking at the pedal cabinet right now. Going, oh, don't don't get into that. Don't get into that, my brother. Oh no, Stay I'm not away. gonna. I ain't no no. They're not gonna go anywhere. Okay, so okay. you had me worried. <laughs> that's silly. That's silly. That, <laughs> no. like, I thought you were gonna be like. I, I'm looking over here, and man, I see a trip to Tahiti over there. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. <laughs> no, I'd rather have pedals than go okay, to Tahiti. Good. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I, I was gonna say I won't tell the wife, but I'm sure she probably knows by now. Yeah, she does know. She does know. She's <laughs> like, "Hey, we could go here." I'm like, "Yeah, but uh, Daddy needs a new amplifier." Yeah, so, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I'm not quite that bad, but yeah, I am. I am kind of. I um, sir, normal vacations, um, quote unquote, don't really appeal to me that much. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense, like I. Don't get me wrong. I went to Mexico and you know for my honeymoon and whatever. That's that's good times. Like hanging out in the tropical thing is is fun. Mm-hmm. But there's other. I I would rather do other things. Like I'd rather go to weird places. I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, I I don't know if that that makes any sense. No, hundred percent. I mean, I'm I I like a good beach when I can, but like you know, I, I rarely get time to step away, but. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm going to be at Nam here in a couple weeks, and I'm excited to like go to. You know, LA is hardly for me, at least, like what sounds like an ideal vacation spot. Um, what right. with the, the busyness and the traffic and the smog, uh, but it'll be an adventure and a new, you know, a new world to see out there. So I, I'm I'm stoked. So I, I get where you're coming from. It's it's about the adventure uh, and the the education of it more than just relaxing with a mai tai. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, I, there's a time for that. I, oh, I can. Oh, I'm not putting that down, but yeah, I'm super, I'll see you down there. I'm super excited for Nam. That's just oh, in yeah. a few weeks now. Actually, by the time people hear this, it'll be really coming up. Yeah, so. yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, if anybody is there, by the way, um, shoot me an email to link up. We're not doing a big booth or anything, but I'm going to be there uh, just kind of hanging out and uh, having the time of my life. So uh, if you want to meet up, just blast me an email. Oh, there you go. Uh that was Scott at stringjoy.com. Yes, everybody. that's correct. Yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping to like wake up tomorrow with a lot of invitations to parties. Uh so you know, throw those my <laughs> way. Uh I don't plan on sleeping at all. So <laughs> Well, all right. Good time. Good time. <laughs> I'm not really sure what to expect. I keep telling everybody that I'm gonna be the short guy wandering around drooling because I don't know what's going on. Oh, I know, right? Uh, yeah. I, I think I'm just gonna have like you know, I thought about like bringing a giant backpack full of like strings, but like, uh, you know, as you know, like our thing is like, you know, everybody can make a different set of strings. So it doesn't, wouldn't really make sense. So I think I'm going to have some like cards made or something that just will have a code that you can like design a set on our site and get one for free. So email me. And if you find me in person, I'm not sending them out. You're going to have to come shake my hand. Ah, uh, there you go. But I will, I will be there and we can make that happen. Nice, nice. That now that's cool. <laughs> I that's thought cool. So. Yeah, yeah. People like that. That's awesome. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's probably a pretty good, uh, good note to wrap up on. We are um, approaching the hour mark. So Sweet. before before we eclipse it, I got to do the uh, the thing. Um, shameless plugs. 
Anything you want people to know about? Anything coming up other than what you just said, uh, Nam? But uh, mm-hmm. where can everybody find you on all your various social medias, your website, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. the The big place to go is our website. That will answer all your questions, and you can see uh, all the strings we offer. We do electric, bass, acoustic. Um, we have some cables and picks as well, and that is stringjoy.com. S t r i n g j o y. It's all one word. dot com. Uh, pretty easy. And Instagram is probably our biggest social network. We're, we're on Facebook and Twitter, but, you know, who cares? Um, find us on Instagram. <laughs> we're at Stringjoy. Uh, so just at Stringjoy there. Uh, join the, the community. We post lots of pictures of really cool guitars. Uh, and we'll always let you know there if there's a sale or anything cool like that going on. So just find us there. And as always, I'm Scott at Stringjoy.com. Hit me up for anything, I guess. Let me know. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, it was very good talking to you. Thank oh, you for likewise, on buddy. The show. Hey, it was my pleasure. Uh, mobsters. I'm not sure uh, that seemed like an appropriate uh, sign off to everybody. I've called him. I've called him that a few times. Okay, yeah. it seemed like it seemed appropriate to me. Uh, it is so yeah. nice to meet you all. I've been a listener myself, so it's pretty crazy to be on the other side of the curtain. Um, I'm I'm glad to be able to share some some news and insight. And as always, just let me know if there's any questions or anything else I can help with. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Scott. Well, since you listen, you know how I wrap this up, so I better do it. Go ahead, man. All right. For Scott, this is Blake, and all of you out there, good luck and good tones. All righty, folks. Thank you very much for stopping by this week. You know I love it. Yes, I do. I love it. I love that you're listening right now. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. No, I'm not going to cry. No, I'm not. Anyway, a little. I'm going to NAM next week, which is pretty ridiculous and incredible. Um, but in that spirit, I know that I'm not going to be able to ship merch out as quickly as I would like to. So I decided that it was a good excuse to do some free shipping. So if you go to tonemob.com store, buy yourself that obsidian pick you've been wanting i know you've been wanting it you've been curious how that affects your tone it's seriously it's really cool so get the get the uh, handmade obsidian pick the tone mob t-shirt or anything that you might happen to buy in the store just enter the code free ship and anything within the continental u.s will ship for free because i'm slow so There you go. And to all you international folks, I do apologize. I'm already shipping at cost, and it is very difficult for me to extend this offer to you. However, we may be able to work something out. Um, If you see some things you'd really like, go ahead and send an email to info at tonemob.com, and we'll see if we can work a deal. I'd love to get you some sweet, sweet merch. Anyway, thanks to everyone for tuning in this week. I will report back from Nam with all of my delicious findings. You guys have yourself a good, safe week, and I will talk to you next time. Take care. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, That will help me out as well. 
As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.